Good morning, everyone. I'd like to add my welcome that we've had already and to mention to those of you who are visiting that the weather is always like this in Durham. I've seen some souls here with shorts on today. Well, enjoy it while you can. Sleet is predicted for for Thursday, I believe. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So in... In recent weeks, we have been horrified by seeing what's been happening in Ukraine. At so many levels, there's outrage at what's been happening and no clear sign at the moment of a good outcome. And along with many others, we have sent our support, our money for humanitarian aid, for helping refugees as they flee their homes But as Christians, we have been able to do more and have done more because we're able to pray. We're able to pray into the situation. And that weakness of coming to God, not knowing what to pray in these situations, but feeling him encourage us in our praying and lead us into our prayers. God has helped us in that process. And one of our big aspects of prayer has been for peace. For peace to come to the people of Maripol. So they can come out of their basements. But they've had to survive in terrible situations which have just changed so quickly in their lives. No one would have predicted this happening. And in praying for peace, we are praying for the ceasing of hostilities. So that there is security that there can be freedom of movement and freedom of expression in that place. And I'd love us to take opportunity just now to stand together and pray again that God would move in his mercy, that he would move afresh and give peace into this place. Why don't we stand? And Lord, we, we stand before you now as the king of heaven and we call out to you and ask, Lord, won't you send your peace in that place? Lord, will you allow somehow for soldiers to lay down their arms? Lord, to do a mighty work of your Spirit's power. To bring peace in that place. To speak into people's hearts. Lord, to show them truth. To show them error of the ways. And and ways to come back from that. And to restore um, order in that place of chaos. We pray, Lord, that you will send peace in Jesus' name in that place. For your glory, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It's great for us to stand here and to pray for peace. And there are so many situations in our own nation uh, and also in other nations of the world that need our prayers at this time. And we're so blessed in this church. We have five prayer groups that meet monthly to pray for specific areas of the world, part of our Emmanuel Global Reach program. And if you're interested in hearing about those those projects, if you want to stand up, please, Angus and Helen, just see Angus and Helen, and they will direct you to those prayer meetings. But when we read about peace in the Bible, there's so much more than what we understand as peace in our current, current world. There's so much more weight to it when the word peace is used in the Bible because it doesn't just refer to the absence of war. 
the word in the Old Testament that is translated into peace is this wonderful word, shalom. Perhaps you've heard of that word. It has crept sometimes into our, our, kind of, um, our English words. But shalom. What a wonderful word. Just shalom. It, it's almost an onomatopoeic word. It, it just shalom. Peace. The Old Testament word translated into peace. And that word carries a broader and deeper meaning to it than just the absence of war. It covers things such as completeness, soundness, well-being, health, prosperity, security, friendship, and salvation. So much broader meaning, such much deeper meanings than we have in the word when we use peace in English. And as the New Testament carries on using the word peace, it carries over from that Jewish heritage and continues to have that depth of understanding. Because peace is the desired experience for individuals, for families, and for a nation. And it is present because of God's own presence and his favour towards his people. Peace is a person. Peace is not just tranquility. It's not just a state of mind that we can get ourselves into. It is a person. This is Jesus speaking. From John 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus has given himself to us. He has given his peace to us. He has gone back to heaven and he's allowed the Holy Spirit to come to be God on earth now and to bring that peace as we receive it from Jesus. Now the title of this sermon, Prince of Peace, comes from one single verse in the Old Testament. We just saw it briefly. And it's a seasonal favourite for Christmas time. Every, every brass band, I'm sure we have this verse, because it happens to be one of my favourites. And we have a reading, reading this out, and I love this. But for, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. Wonderful counsellor. You can join in if you want. Mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. 700 years before Christ was born, those words were written down by Isaiah to declare God's plan of a rescue mission for his people. That he was going to send a a Messiah to rescue people, a saviour coming for the people of God. And even this word, this title of Prince of Peace, carries so much weight with it. Think about the word prince. The prince implies that you are the son of a king. 
If you're the son of someone, that someone is your father. Shout if you're not keeping up with this. Um, And using that word, prince, just reminds us of that relationship of God as our father. That father heart of God that is towards us as it was towards his own son, Jesus. We have been adopted into his family that we can now call God Abba, Father, by the Spirit. That's a wonderful reminder to have as we think of Jesus being the son, the, the, the prince, the son of a king. But he's not the son of just anyone. He is the son of of the king of heaven. The king who has all authority over heaven and earth. He is the son of a king who has power. He is the prince of peace. And we see this prince of peace, this Jesus in action as he ministers on earth. And I just want to call out just two examples of seeing Jesus as this Prince of Peace in action here on earth. He brings peace to disordered situations. Peace over a storm. He got into the boat. The disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Quite a serious cry from experienced fishermen. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves. And and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. It's a well-known story. These seasoned sailors fearing for their lives, calling out to Jesus. But at his word, he is able to calm the storm. He is able to bring peace into that situation. And order is restored. Because Jesus has authority over that. Secondly, a healing story. A peace to a disordered body. This is from Matthew 9. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Cart daughter, he said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. And there's so many stories of healing we can speak about as we read through the Gospels. Later in the same chapter, it says that Jesus went through the towns and villages. He healed every disease and sickness. He was bringing peace into places of disorder in human bodies. Jesus' actions may have brought calm to inflammation, to an immune response, to hormone levels, to winds and waves, to bones, muscles and tendons. But there was more to come 
There was more peace to come. And as we approach Easter, we will be powerfully reminded of that. Jesus also said on the Sermon of the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers. And we are grateful for people, men and women, who help with peace. I particularly think of organisations like the UN that would go into situations and would help to establish peace where there is the risk of conflict developing and growing up. But even as these soldiers go into these places, they may not have peace within themselves. They're called peacemakers, but they may not have peace within themselves. And even the stories of healing that we hear Jesus do, the people may not have been left with a total peace. And that seems to me some of the biggest issues with peace. It's inside of us that needs peace. It's not just an external thing or feeling better. There's a famous quote from a a Soviet dissident called, and I think I pronounced this right, Alexander... I'll try it again. Solzhenitsyn. Say it quickly and no one will notice. He uh, was alive at the last century and he was interred for eight years in a gulag, one of the most inhumane labour camps. And he saw many evils during his, his life but, and was a Christian, came to God. One of his quotes is about where there is sin. Gradually it was disclosed to me that the line separating good and evil passes not through states or between classes, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. And it is that evil, it is that sin that prevents us from ultimately having peace with God. And we can't say it's, it's over there. We can't say, well, well, you've got it. Because it's within every human heart. We may try and hide the shame and guilt before an all-knowing God. But those actions are pathetic as they are weak and ineffective. The heart of the human problem is the human heart. And this conflict between good and evil can only be reconciled. To have that true peace can only be reconciled by a person. There's one place in human history when that was achieved, and that was at the cross of Jesus Christ some 2,000 years ago, as he comes as the Prince of Peace, because he made peace possible between man and God and reconciling one to the other. This is from Ephesians 2. But now in Christ Jesus... You who were once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two and thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. Friends, we need to be rescued. And the amazing thing is that, Blished, that rescue plan. Sin will be punished. All our evil, all our sin is taken, was taken by Jesus on the cross, God's own son. And in dying on that cross, he took the punishment for our sin. And in in him taking that punishment, we can walk forward to God. It's an amazing exchange that has taken place at the cross. And it's the greatest miracle that we will ever experience. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Can it really be that simple? Can it really be that simple? Can evil be wiped out like that as we say yes to God to become the director of our lives, to go his way? Well, yes, it is. Because it's God's love, God's grace, and God's mercy toward us. But for Jesus, it cost his life. It cost pain. It cost separation from his father that he'd never experienced for all eternity. And that draws us daily to gratitude for God. To thank him for what he has done for us. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That is our daily experience to come to God, to thank him for what he has done. The gospel is not just for preaching to the unconverted. Christians, we need to hear that gospel again. We need to hear that gospel afresh. That we are kept in the truth of what God has done for us. He he is the one who saves us. It's not by the works that we do. It's not by the good things we do. It's by God's grace and love and mercy. And by the death of Jesus that we can come to him and have peace with God now. And that issue about sin in our hearts being divided, we now have that peace through the gospel, through what Jesus has done. We come to that place of strength. We come to that place of security in Christ. And as we, as we push into that gospel message, as we understand increasingly our security in Christ, it affects the whole of our lives.
Do not be anxious, as Paul speaking in Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what's next? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is encouraging us to come near to God. Come close to him. Come to his place to come and pray and present the issues with him. Because he wants to take them off us. And he wants to exchange all those issues we have and give us peace. Peace into those situations. Which when you look at it, you think, how am I peaceful in this situation? That's unaccountable. Well, it's it's beyond understanding. It goes beyond our understanding how we can be in a situation, but know the peace of God in our hearts. And he will set, he will set a guard around us to guard our hearts. It's, it's like setting a garrison. It's like setting soldiers that are patrolling our hearts to, to keep that peace present in there and to fight off things that might stop that. Gordon Fee, commenting on this passage, whoops, says this, Peace comes because prayer is an expression of trust. And God's people do not need to have it all figured out in order to trust him. Hands up, who's had it all, got it all figured out? I saw that. We don't need to have it all figured out. God knows that. But our prayer is a sign of trust in God that he does. He does have it figured out. And we can trust him for that. Did you hear last week, just hear a 15-year-old girl said that she was giving thanks to God because he helped her during her mock GCSE exams? Did you hear that last week? And she said, worrying about her exams, prayed to God, and just felt the peace of God even through those exams. The circumstances, note this, the circumstances did not change. She still did the exam. But her attitude, her perspective changed as she got God's perspective on the situation. As she realized for herself that she could trust God for the outcome in that exam. And it was wonderful to hear that testimony from a 15-year-old girl. Friends, we must come like children and be childlike in the issues that we are facing at the moment. The things that are pressing in on us, the tensions, the worries, the concerns. Pray, trust God with that. Ask for his peace to come in those situations. And we have to do that day by day, perhaps even hour by hour. It's a real battle for our minds to get our minds aligned with the truth of what God has given us release and freedom into. And when that issue arises, oh, you get confused by it. No, I come to God, I give that to God, I cast my cares, my anxiety under God. And to God, and He will give me that peace. 
And it's something we need to kind of be doing every every minute if, if it's really an issue for you. But continuously living and battling for our minds to be in that right state before God. How do we get peace? We get peace through that relationship with Jesus. And it might be this morning that you haven't yet had that that first step on that opportunity. We're all on a learning step with Jesus, uh, stages with Jesus. It might be you haven't yet started that for yourself. Today might be the start of that journey. Today might be the time where you think I've just I'm fed up with trying to do it all my way. I want to go in God's direction, allow him to have control. There's a phrase that Scarlett used a few weeks ago that has has kind of settled with me and caused me some reflection. And she described that peace is the presence of my presence. God's presence of my presence. God is everywhere. We, We know that. He is present but there needs to be an awareness from us. Almost, We must present ourselves to be in the presence of the presence of God. We need to come to that place of, of, of daily, weekly, coming into the presence of, of God to receive that. You can make yourself calm by, by, breathing, ex, by breathing exercises, thought experiments, But only Jesus is able to bring true peace because fundamentally it's the relationship between you and God that is broken and needs to be reconciled. Once that is done, we can come to God and have peace in our lives. And how do we maintain that? We keep embracing Jesus. We keep embracing and digging deeper into the gospel. As we read the Bible, as we worship that faith rises within us. We can, uh, later, just a few minutes, we're going to have an opportunity to, to uh, do an exchange with God, to give him things that are concerning us and to allow God to give something back to us. During the um, prayer at the beginning of the meeting, uh, a word was brought about having a baggage area, that people coming today with baggage, you can, just like an airport, you can drop, do you remember airports? Yeah. Um, you, can, you can drop off your baggage this morning and you can give it to God and walk free from that and allow him to give you something else to carry instead that is good. We can leave our cares, we can leave guilt, we can leave anxiety, worries behind in that baggage area and walk free from that through what Christ has done for us. But how do we use peace? We get it, we stay in it. How do we use it? We are put, because of the peace that Christ gives us, we become in a place of security. We, we are standing now on a solid rock. And through that, we can minister securely to others. We can point to others as the Lord is near. Philippians, we can become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life.
we hold firm, as we stand firm, we can shine like stars against the darkness of the wicked world that we live in. And that's where us having that peace of God gives us that security to be able to reach out to others who are still in a miry pit and help them and draw them to Jesus who can do the same thing for them as he has done for us. It's from this place of peace and security that we have as God's children are able to offer the world a different future. But first, let's turn to worship. Right, the music group can come up. Let's, let's tune in once again to the presence of his presence. As Jesus comes to us, the Prince of Peace, the Son of a King, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.